<laughs> this week, we're in the sign of cancer, this month anyway. So this week's podcast is going to be focusing on cancer. Uh, cancer is the caregiver of the Zodiac, pretty much. They're really loyal, sweet, exactly the one to find when you need a hug. Hmm. And similarly, snuggling into a glass of good Syrah is like wrapping a blanket of velvet around hmm. your soul. Uh, sometimes cancers are a little bit moody, and likewise, Syrah can get a little extreme, yep. but it's still always a pleasure to have in the glass. So here are some famous people that were born under the sign of cancer, and it kind of once after you just said that description, I think most of these people really do fit that personality, like Tom Hanks. Yeah, I would totally. If I needed a hug, I would totally. Oh, yeah. He seems like he'd be so understanding. Robin Williams, even though he's eccentric, you know, he's just a cool guy. Princess Di, Nelson Mandela, Sylvester Stallone. I would like a hug from him, too. But, you <laughs> know, we're, we're going. Yeah, <laughs> another reason for that. No. Harrison Ford, Meryl Streep, Helen Keller, uh-huh. Carlos Santana. And because I cannot get enough of the World Cup action right now. Leo Messi, the star from Argentina. I am so not a sports person. I'm like, oh, yeah, sports ball. I've heard of that. Oh, yeah. No, World Cup is so fun to watch, even if you're not really a fan of soccer or or, uh, European football. Football. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I go. Yes. That's about (laughs) all I know about it. That's all you need to know. To my knowledge. But, yeah, these are the cancer people. My mom was a cancer. But, see, she was great, super loyal. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the loyalist person in the world. But sometimes could be a little tough, you know? Well, it's interesting you said that because Vin Diesel's a cancer, too. When I first saw that, I'm like – I don't know, because he always plays these tough guys, you know, and he's... Maybe he's a cusp of Leo kind of guy. Maybe. He's got something rising. Yeah. <laughs> His Leo's rising. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they sometimes, though, cancers can be a little tough. Um, you know, a good friend of ours, Pyro. Mm-hmm. He's a cancer. Okay. Got uh, it. Love the guy. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, loyal, fabulous mm-hmm. person. But if you push him too far... He will let you know. Yeah. So, so these and are not the, so many terms. <laughs> and, and you will know where you stand. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about cancers, too. You know where you stand with them. So we're comparing cancers with the grape Syrah. Right. Which we all know is also Shiraz. I just like to say Shiraz. And in Australia, <laughs> they do pronounce it Shiraz. Yeah. Remember last week we talked with Powell from Powell and Sons oh, yeah. or Dave Powell? If you missed that, um, last week's podcast, he is quite a character. Oh, he's awesome. And he makes some great Shirazes. Yeah. So uh, for centuries. There were legends that claimed that a group of Greeks bought the grape from the town of Shiraz in Mm -hmm. Persia into France via Marseille. However, it was not until 1999 that DNA profiling showed that it's the progeny of two obscure grapes from southern France. So, and I don't even know the names, but That's okay. that it did not come from Shiraz mm-hmm. uh, from in, in Persia. Town. Yeah. yeah, no, it did not. But it kind of got that name because of that belief system that was in place. So. It's Shiraz. And then Syrah was apparently how you pronounce that in France. So in California, you'll have Syrah. Some mm-hmm. people label it Shiraz. Every now and then you'll see Shiraz in Everyone's California. Around. But most of it that I've seen recently has been Syrah. Yeah. yeah. And then down in Australia, they call it Shiraz, mm-hmm. which we pronounce Shiraz. And, and you know, there's some beautiful Syrahs in, in France. I, when I think of Syrah from France, I think of the Rhone Valley because mm-hmm. of all of those beautiful Rhone. It, it is considered a Rhone varietal. So when people say it's a, a, there's they like a Rhone blend, there's a good chance you're going to have some Syrah and Grenache. Boy, they go well together, the, those two red grapes. They to do me. I love so those. well. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if what was Grenache? I don't remember the Zodiac sign, but it'd be interesting to know if cancers right. get along with that oh, sign. Oh, yeah. Well, that's another I'm way writing can, a note. <laughs> we're cross-referencing our data analysis for anecdotal uh, studies. Um, so the France's Rhone Valley is definitely the core of Syrah, from its supporting role in the southern territories to of this north-south wine-growing region to its star status further north. When you go further north, you have sub-appellations like Hermitage and mm-hmm. Cote Roti, mm-hmm. where Syrah is celebrated since the Romans happened upon it. Back in the day, it's a lucky side benefit from 
from Rhone River's connection to trade in Gaul. So that's how it ended mm-hmm. up getting discovered. So let's talk about the way that the way that Syrah tastes and Shiraz has gone through. It went. Sure. It had a big popularity thing there in the. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, well, most of the 90s, right? Yes, and in what killed it for a lot of people, I hate to say it, was the Aussies. And the guy we talked to last week is, and what I mean, not him, he was the one who's continued to do great things and make amazing wines. And um, it just, for, for lack of so many reasons, the Australian market crashed here. A lot of it was because they were starting to make the, the, all the Shirazes tasted the same. There was economic issues, you know, uh, with the uh, with the um, currency that had that had changed. But to me, for a while there, it tasted like all of them were the same. Like there was just one big vat of Shiraz that was coming from Australia that was jammy and fruity and uneventful and 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 the critter wines and it was just I think it turned a lot of people off to the grape in general. You know, it's weird because the wine market does this. Mm-hmm. You know, this happened to Merlot. Yep. You know, and it's uh, it, and then it happened to sure. It's just it, we kind of cycle through. Everybody's like, "Ooh, I just discovered Merlot," and because then, it's fashionable. Yeah. So now it's fashionable. So mm-hmm. everybody has to try to plant Merlot where it shouldn't be planted, and then mm-hmm. it comes out not so good, and be like, "Oh, Merlot sucks." Well, it's not Merlot's fault. It's because no. they weren't making it right. Same thing happened with Shiraz. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to have Shiraz, and they think Australian Shiraz is the bomb, and in some cases, it really is. I mean, Ooh, yeah. Grange. Um, oh, from Penfolds. Yeah. And I just tasted through a bunch of Derenberg wines. Um, Charlie Osborne makes those. He's a crazy nut. And boy, is he making some good uh, Shiraz and some and some Shiraz Grenache blends that are just kick butt. Yeah. I mean, and, and Australian people are just cool. They are. You know, <laughs> I just want to hang out with them. Their neighbors, New Zealand, getting in on the Syrah, Shiraz action. There are a, a few areas there that they're really starting to do some good things. Um, trying to get into the U.S. market is going to be tough because a lot of the ones that are being exported are in the $40 range. So you're going to say, I'm going to take a, a chance on a $40 Syrah from New Zealand. I don't know, but they're coming from the Hawks Bay and the Martinboro areas. You know, Hawks Bay makes some great everything. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been noticing that's uh... – yeah. So then you also have the problem with the California Syrah. Every California winemaker that I know makes a brilliant Syrah, mm-hmm. but they only make like a handful of it because they can't sell it. Right. It's kind of like that uh, the phrase, nice guys always finish last. Uh-huh. 